When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Howdy and what's up? This is the long two of fake teams fantasy basketball podcast. He is Brandon. I am Natty. Brandon, what's up? Uh, everything's all right, except for, you know, the Hornets are absolutely getting throttled right now by the Suns. So they're down 34 at the moment. And you being such a big Hornets fan that that just <laughs> really pisses you off. Just when I see games like that, I don't know. It just it makes me feel like it's it's not it's not proper. Well, uh, I am rarely awesomely happy after a Pistons game because the Stuns beat the Heat earlier today, one hundred to ninety. I don't know. Is this the start of a deep playoff run for the Pistons? Maybe. Maybe this is the start. Just kidding. Uh, it was pulling teeth, and you know Jimmy buckets and Bam Adebayo didn't play for the Heat. But uh, yeah, Max Struss was the leading scorer for the Heat with twenty four. Dude, and the thing is, like, neither team shot from three very well. But it's like that the variance, the fact that so many players, even of middling talent, are taking so many threes. Like, there's such a high. It, it's almost like baseball with home runs. It's like this yeah. is and run clustering it's like all right well if you hit eight threes then you're gonna win and if you don't hit any of them then you're going to lose like there's on any given night a random guy goes for 20 because he hits you know five threes right totally and like people are having slumps maybe because of the rules the new rule changes maybe because of the new ball maybe because of covid maybe because there's fans back maybe because this was their true talent level but the league-wide average is like 36%, which is about 2% lower than it was. And also, devil's advocate, three-point shooting generally trends up as the season goes along, which sort of makes sense. Um, but this is bad. Like, people are losing games because they just refuse to not take threes. You know? Like, they're not even attempting to do anything in the post, really. Um, and it has led to some weird things like we're the challenge game we're going to talk about is Lakers versus Mavericks. Uh, just a quick fact about the Lakers. They've lost twice to the Oklahoma city thunder and to the Kings in a triple overtime game. And it's mainly because like threes weren't dropping, you know, it's like, and those are three games that the Lakers would love to have right now, obviously. Yeah, for sure. And um like losing you know, to OT twice is brutal. That's it, that's so bad. It is uh but you know they've also had guys in and out of the lineup. They have, you know, rarely had their big three on the floor same time um when they do. This was one of the few games that they did and uh you know it was it was cool to see that. Um Oh wait, let's let's intro. 
We didn't even intro. Sorry, I just jumped into it. The challenge game, you challenged me to watch this game, right? I believe so, yes, I did, actually. Okay, so it was last Wednesday. We're recording Sunday night. Uh, Last Wednesday, it was Lakers at the Mavericks. Uh, Dallas did not have Luka. Um, The Lakers ended up winning the game in overtime 107-104. Hillbilly Kobe. Austin Reeves had a last-second three-pointer that won it for the Lakers. Um, Before Sunday night's games, Lakers were 16-14, sixth in the West, and the Mavericks were at 514-14, and and they were eighth in the West. So, you know, two playoff teams going against each other, but Luka wasn't there. Yeah. So, I mean, Reeves was obviously the story of the game here. (laughs) Um, he, He hit five threes. He was five for six from, from the field, five for six from deep, um, including hitting the, the go-ahead three there, like you said, at the end. Um, you know, he, he he's provided what you, you need around a LeBron team, especially a LeBron and Westbrook team, which is shooting. Like, the kid was fearless. He, would, he caught it, he'd pull it, and he obviously – uh, was feeling it five for six, but he didn't, he didn't get crazy. He, he let the game come to him. Um, and he did a really good job. LeBron also, um, a ton of threes. I mean, yeah. his three point shot is, has really become like such a huge part of his game. Now, um, he's shooting, I believe over eight threes a game. Now he maybe even up to closer to nine threes attempts a game, um, which is a career high. Um, he, he is really relying on the three, but he's knocking it down at a pretty consistent clip. He's not, I think he's at maybe 36%. Um, he's not, you know, is LeBron going to be considered a sharpshooter? No, he never will. But when you factor in kind of all the other things that he does when he shoots it at that clip, at that volume, um, it can be pretty, pretty effective um, on the night that it's falling. So he was four for nine from three in this game. Um, he really came out of the gate playing well. Westbrook um, had a pretty good game, assist shy of a triple double. Yeah, um, he he, he turned only four turnovers, which is pretty good. Um, Anthony Davis, <clears throat> I don't know he he did have he did have an impact on the game for sure. He had a double double, twenty points, twelve rebounds. Um, but I felt like. I felt like they were kind of force feeding him a little bit at certain times and he didn't really want it. He's kind of lackluster out there. Um, and you kind of combine that with the fact that like, I don't know about you, but I felt like defensively they're all, they're just kind of freelancing. There wasn't really a coherent like scheme for the Lakers for most of the, of the game. And I felt like at some certain points you'd see just like easy layups. And like you said, you know, they're, they're missing Luca here. This should have been, easy win for the Lakers right like this should not have been as close as it was going into overtime coming down to, to Reeves um dude and Porzingis after the game was like we let this one get away like Dallas thought yeah. that they were going to win and um, I thought they were too at certain points it, it just sort of like with Westbrook defense always can look messy because he is a total free safety like he just does what he wants um, but but Davis but, too. Like at point, there's points right. where like Davis guys are just like going past him, just so effortlessly, and, and he's he, like and just not getting layups. 
he's not sulking, you know, like he's not pouting. I sort of think that maybe he has been a little bit more banged up than he's let on and he's injured now. He's going to be out for the next month. Um, but there were just times, not even just during this game, but like during the season where it's like, I, I know you can try harder and do more right now. Like you're only, you're coasting. And you know what? Mm-hmm. That's sort of okay with me. Like if I were a Lakers fan, I'd be like, do I really want Anthony Davis like hundred percent during the year? Like, isn't that why we traded for Russell Westbrook so that like LeBron and the Brow don't have to do that? Like, isn't he supposed to be the innings eater for the regular season? But yeah, like the whole Lakers team sort of feels that way sometimes where it's like, you're just not as impressive as I feel like you should be. And maybe they don't fucking care. Like they're in the sixth seed. I think yeah. LeBron teams don't really care where they are in the seeding in the playoffs, if, so long as they're not like too low. You know, like right now they would be going up against the Jazz, right? In a first yeah. game, like they can beat the Jazz. Well, yeah. I mean, given the Jazz's track record in the playoffs, you, you probably have to assume the Lakers win that. But, um, I don't know. I just felt like AD, whenever they double teamed him, he didn't seem to make great decisions out of the double team. Um, it, it seemed like, it, you know, LeBron is doing a little bit more than I think he should have to at this point. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, LeBron James is doing too much for his team. Are you sure? <clears throat> That's never occurred before in his whole career from the word go. <laughs> Where he ends up, I having- understand, but we've got you've got two guys that are statistical darlings here in, in Westbrook and Davis, and they just it just still seems like it all comes down to LeBron at the end. Um, he plays more minutes really- than Westbrook. How does LeBron yeah. James play more minutes than Westbrook? Yeah, I- agreed. Westbrook should be like you said, an innings eater out there. He should be a guy who, like you said, he can just rack up points, rebounds, and assists, and he can make some plays on defense. And uh, and he's doing that, and he is. I mean, fantasy-wise, he's been he's been just as good as he's ever been, right? I mean, sure. fantasy-wise, it's a great season. Um, but just holistically from the team's perspective, they've played a lot better. They do look a lot better, the three of them together. Um, but I did I did feel like defensively, it was it was kind of sloppy, and then I just felt like Davis was not at no point did he ever really like kind of dominate. Um, on the Dallas side, you know, there's some interesting performances here. So like, Tim wait, Hardaway sorry, wait, hold, on. hold on. I just I had forgotten I wanted to say this. So, uh, speaking of Davis, he was zero for three from three. How? What do you think his three-point percentage for the season is? Um, I think he's shooting like in the low thirties, thirty-three. It's eighteen percent. Oh wow! Last year he shot twenty-six percent from three. The year before that bubble, brow, it was thirty-three percent. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Where I thought he was, but now. Just like I said earlier, like every it's a slump and like three point shooting is down everywhere. Uh, but that's right terrible. Now, like two of the big three on the Lakers are guys that can't shoot threes. Yeah, 
And LeBron is, like we said, he's not a LeBron's not a knockdown three point shooter. So, dude, in that game, <laughs> and they're like, playing with a traditional center a lot of times. So when uh when fucking uh when Wayne Ellington airballed that three, and then like Russ got it back. Yeah. And shot it right over to Wade Ellington, and then he hit a corner three. And then Westbrook made a corner three. And I, I was dying. I was like, that's incredible. I can't fucking believe that just happened. Uh, it, yeah, it was It was a weird, weird, weird game. It was sort of fun, but in a dumb way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, also, um, okay, so go to the Dallas. Dallas Sorry, side, I just wanted on to... The, on the Dallas side, I mean... You had Tim Hardaway off the bench. He had 20 points, nine rebounds, three assists, and a steal. So he had a really nice performance. He led the team in in minutes. Uh, Actually, Finney Smith led the team in minutes, but he was second with 40 minutes in this one. So he really got a strong opportunity here. Porzingis played well. He's continuing to to play well, 23 points, 12 rebounds, two blocks, um, six for six from the free throw line. He didn't shoot the three well at all, one for seven. Um, but you know, as far as counting stats go, he had a, he had a pretty good night. Um, and then Jalen Brunson, your boy, yes. 25 and nine, three boards, um, you know, really efficient 11 of 18. So, you know, two for four from deep, uh, Brunson, Brunson is a guy who at this point is a must own in every league. And, um, he's been really, really good and he's continuing to get better. Um, anyone else you like in this one on the on the there's a there's a guy who you know i i know is a is a former and probably lifelong uh friend of the podcast trey burke uh <laughs> that you might want to touch on but he he's a guy that i just quickly on him he's i always forget he's in the league yeah um, but he finds these ways to just yeah. like have these cool scoring nights and uh you know he had a, he had a decent one here he's like everybody's third point guard. And then yeah. now it's like, bam, Trey Burke, 18 he points. He sticks around, man. He's stuck around. So he's, he's really always, yeah. he's a pro. Yeah. Like fucking player of the year. Awesome dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go blue forever. I still can't believe we lost that fucking championship game. Uh, Trey Burke, 0 for 5 from 3 in that game against the Lakers. By the way, the Mavericks shot 27% from three and the Lakers shot 38% from three and the Mavericks yeah. only lost by three. I know it's crazy. That's kind of fucking nuts. Um, okay. Kristaps. So it's hard to talk about Luca in ter- Like, I, I think that the Mavericks would have won if Luca had played, but I mean, that's easy to say, like maybe they mm-hmm. do. Um, Kristaps Porzingis. One four seven from three in this game. I, like he had a fine too many threes. Too many threes. So <laughs> three guy. He's right. He's seven foot three. He's currently or before tonight's games on Sunday, he was twenty second in the NBA in dunks with thirty five total. That's uh less. That's fewer dunks than DeAndre Jordan, who has played in 300 fewer minutes. Mm-hmm. Just sort of saying, like, that's kind of, like, <laughs> indicative of, like, yeah. 
someone who's seven three should have more dunks than a guy. Like you don't I need mean, to have yeah, seven that's like fifteen there. But we're talking about half the minutes, right? Right, and it w- during that game there were several mismatches when you knew that uh, that Kristaps could have dunked. Like just fucking push back, you know? Like do anything. You can jump over these dudes basically because of your reach. And he just wouldn't. Um, before Sunday, there were 129 players in the NBA who had taken at least 100 three-point attempts, okay? Not makes, just they've shot the ball from three 100 times. Of those 129 players, Kristaps Porzingis is 121st in three-point percentage. He has a 28 Point eight, three point percentage. Do you know who that is worse than? Russell Westbrook, who has only taken a few less threes than Chris Dops. He has a 31.9 three point percentage. Russell Westbrook is a better three point shooter than Chris Dops Porzingis so far this season. Everybody in the world eats shit. <laughs> like like Russ made a corner three, you know? The Lakers won the game. If Chris Ops makes one, uh, like obviously Porzingis is a better shooter than that. But it sort of goes to your point, like Porzingis still isn't maximizing what he can do. Um and I don't really know why. Like when Luca's out, he should be running the entire goddamn table. But I, I also really don't like this team, and I don't think it's built around him. Like, why did Tim Hardaway Jr. come off the bench again? Like, they they started Dwight Powell and Reggie Bullock. Bullock went 0 for 4 from the field the whole night. I think like, they're going with those guys maybe for defense at this point. Um, I mean, dude. Bullock is supposed to be a 3 and D yeah guy, uh and you know he did play really well with the uh with the Knicks last year um but you know lots of people did and doesn't really seem like that was <laughs> yeah. as so good that, as that was kind of that was kind of kind of where I was going with that um but uh yeah I I agree uh you know they could use some more firepower with Luke out in the starting lineup um Hardaway was you could argue he was maybe the best player in the game for the, for the Mavs, maybe, you know, Brunson. Uh, Finney Smith actually played well, but, you know, he didn't finish the game here. So, yeah, um, he was a minus 12, by the way, in a game they lost by three. He went one yeah. for six from three. Like, I. <laughs> they couldn't hit the three. They couldn't just, hit the three. No one hit the three. I can't Tim believe Hardaway they lost this game, dude. And, and J- Jalen Brunson. And they and then they barely lose the game. So, um, do you have a challenge game for me? Um, I do. I just I I just want to ask you one more question about the Mavericks. Um, do you like anyone on this team aside from Porzingis, Brunson, and Luca? Um. In deeper leagues, I like uh, for, from a fantasy standpoint, yeah. right? Yeah. Who, who's um, worth it? I'd say in deeper leagues, I'm I'm maybe looking at Finney Smith and Powell. 
Yeah, I mean Hardaway, I think is still a guy you have oh, to. Oh, I'm look sorry. So you, I, I I was including Hardaway. Okay. So you said uh, just Porzingis, Brunson, and, and Luca. Yeah. Okay, Hardaway. Hardaway. The thing is, his percentages have been. He's not having. If, so if you don't, if you're if you're in a league, if you're in a points league, um, then fine. Um, if you're in a, in a standard kind of roto league where percentages matter, it depends on your strategy, but, uh, he can really kill your percentages. But if you're looking for counting stats, yeah, I'm fine with that. You know, 20 and nine, if he's going to be able to take that many shots off the bench, then, and, and this was a game without Luca, but you know, like would his role really diminish that much when Luca comes back? Like, so I don't know. I think it's a discouraging roster. I haven't been impressed with Jason Kidd so far. I think it's like total scrubs and stars, really, and not even yeah. stars, you know, but like Hardaway and Brunson are solid, I think, at least. I mean, hard, the thing Hardaway, he's shooting 38% from the field, 33% from deep. Yeah. So, like I said, if you don't, if you need scoring and you don't care so much about the percentages, I like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but if, if you, you know, if, if that's a part of your strategy, like if you're punting field goal percentages, or you just have a ton of big men to where your, your field goal percentage is pretty high, um, then fine. But if that's something that's going to like hurt your team, then just be mindful of that with Hardaway because he will shoot 35% from the field on, you know, for in a week. <laughs> Jalen Brunson is on a one year uh I think it's less than two million dollar contract, by the way. Yeah, no, he's been he's been a, a, a really good ad for them this year. He's uh especially with with Luca being in and out, he's been really good. Like I if I were the Mavs to be like, hey, who wants a really good backup point guard who can start for you? Yeah. And who also doesn't cost anything. Yeah, for sure. Okay. My challenge game for the week. There are already several games that have been postponed due to the Rona. Today is Sunday. Three games were postponed today. Another game is postponed on Monday, and another game is postponed on Tuesday. And when we wake up Monday morning, there might be more. We don't know. So who knows if there will be games? Uh, who knows? Which really, this really, it really stinks for weekly leagues. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. so is, it's, it's like it, you said before the pod, it's like sort of fun for daily streamers. Cause it's like kind of chaotic and tense. And like, can you jump and, you know, pick up a dude when, uh, before somebody else. Um, but if you're in a weekly league, like this ruins Christmas, I think. Cause how can yeah, you compare- a holiday <laughs> if you're in a daily league this is in your streaming um this is kind of there there are opportunities every day to find guys who are going to play 25 minutes easily yeah. and uh there are guys right now who like we were saying you know who can just hit threes and uh if they get hot you know you can get 20 points and it's not it's not really that that as hard to find them as in years past um but in weekly leagues it's really tough and 
you know, honestly, all I would say is if you're my only bit of advice is for weekly leagues is just, you know, keep a, keep a, a tally or try to just, you know, stay abreast of like how many guys on a given team, um, you know, are, are in the COVID protocol because it seems like teams can kind of withstand like two or three guys. But once you get to like four or five guys, it's like, okay, you can expect that at some point in the following week, they're, they're going to miss some games most likely. Right. Like there's I think they're like handing out hardship exceptions to most teams. Like they'd rather the NBA would rather have the games get played if there's any way that they can do it. So they want to make it okay for teams to just like call dudes up uh, or sign them off the street. Like the Lakers did with Isaiah Thomas, by the way, yeah, I was going to say Thomas, or at least mm-hmm. like, um, there were only two teams that were going to have four games this week. They were the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Orlando Magic, but the Magic are one of the teams that had their Monday game postponed. So, or maybe it's the Tuesday game, I forget. But so now they're a three-game at best team as well, unless the NBA schedules reschedules the game for uh, that got postponed till later this week, but that probably won't happen. So OKC is the only team with four games. Everyone should try to stream the Oklahoma City Thunder just in case you get those four because the odds are that if a three-game team gets COVID, they might lose all of them or they might Mm -hmm. only get one. And, like, you can't stream a two-game team because they might not get any. Like, you just have to – you have to be very concerned about volume in weekly leagues. Yep. And they're available dudes on Oklahoma City. We'll talk about it later. But, like – especially a week like this, you should target the guys where, who you think will get total minutes. Mm-hmm. So the challenge game? So the challenge game is a game that I think the NBA definitely wants to have. So I'm going with this. Like, I think the NBA will do everything in its fucking power to make sure this game happens. It is a Christmas Day game. Merry Christmas, everybody. It's the Warriors at the Suns for their rubber match game. They are one and one on the season so far. Devin Booker will be back. It doesn't sound like Clay will be back for that game. Uh, He might come back in January, it seems like now, maybe February. But the fucking Warriors don't need him to come back. So why rush it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, But these are the two best teams in the NBA by record right now. So I'm hoping that that game happens and that it's awesome. Yeah. That, that game is almost like in certain seasons where you know that uh, the ultimate championship round is not really the matchup of the two best teams, but it's like the, you know, conference championship. Um, That's kind of what this is starting to look like. These teams have a combined 11 losses on the year. Um, so, you know, and two of those are to each other, right? So, um, they are pretty good. Uh, they're both really deep. Um, they both have superstar talent. They both have like a lot of youth and athleticism. Um, Chris Paul has been, he's having just another just great Chris Paul season. Steph Curry is obviously one of the front runners for the MVP, um, Draymond is, is having a spectacular season. 
And um, that that looks like I agree with you. I think that's one that the NBA really, really is hoping. And there haven't been too many guys from from my understanding that are I haven't checked on those teams specifically, but it seems like there aren't too many guys in the COVID protocol in those two ball clubs. Dude, Chris Paul's been like, you know, Tom cruising it. He's like, we're not shutting this production down. People's jobs depend on this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good one. I'll I have children. That one with my family <laughs> on Christmas. Uh, I think that's the five o'clock game too. So yeah, that's perfect. We'll watch that and while we have yeah. dinner, dude. And it's like also two good coaches, you know. And like that's you, you can tell that like both these teams because Phoenix hasn't had Booker and they haven't had Aiton for every game and they've still done just fine. And the Warriors haven't had Wiseman all year, right? Like they haven't had their yeah, high ass yeah. draft pick from last year. And they've been yeah. great. They've, yeah, they've been, been great. Like they've been playing Kaminga a little bit as, yeah. a, as a small ball five. And then obviously Draymond um, and then Looney. But uh, Dude, yeah, and the Wiggins no, is there being totally solid. You know, Wiggins has been really good. I, I like, I like, I really, I felt like Wiggins was kind of turning into a guy who has all these like gifts, but wasn't really living up to it. And I don't think yeah. that he necessarily, is, you know, lived up to what I thought he'd be, but he seems like he's really taking this role serious and he's, and he's doing a really good job and um, he's playing, playing really well in a team concept. So uh, I think, from a basketball, just like a real life basketball standpoint, like you got to be really happy with what you're getting out of Wiggins. And the Warriors are not really a team that has have made uh, big trades during the season over the past couple of years. Like they sort of just roll with who they have. So I don't know. They might stay quiet. Like everything's so good, and Clay is coming back. Like should you yeah. rock the boat? Like. Yeah. I mean, no, no, I agree. I, I don't know because because the devil's advocate is like, well, if you can get better, you should get better. Like this is a window year. Like you can't yeah, waste many it, years from Curry. Yeah, no, but it also and and the Warriors have, you know, as much as we think of the Warriors as a small ball team, they have been a team that has like always tried to address size when they can. Yeah, and they do like to have size. Like even if you go back to like Andrew Bogut, and then they sign like a Javel McGee. Like they tried, right. they took a shot on Demarcus Cousins. Um, they do, Javel they McGee. do want to have size. In Phoenix. Yeah. Um, so interesting. So Kevin Durant is leading the NBA right now, twenty nine point seven points. Steph Curry is tied for third with Giannis at twenty seven points. Do you know who's in second? Um, who is in second? It's not Beal, right? No. Um, Trey Young. Oh shit! He got that hot. Now he has COVID. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Damn, he really jumped up. He had such a bad season. And second in the NBA in scoring, ahead of Giannis. Good for him. That's amazing. Uh, Yeah, it is. Like, it would be cool and really, really funny if Trey and Giannis sort of started a rivalry 
<laughs> like they're the <laughs> they're they have an East Coast like sort of polite and earnest rivalry. It's like we don't hate each other. We play hard against each other. We're just happy to be here. Like you yeah. got it. I mean, Trey, Trey's looking – I mean, at this point, do you definitely – do you, do you 100% feel good about trading the rights for Trey to get Luca? right? <laughs> because I think two years ago, that was a no-brainer, right? You you wanted Luca in this – in that scenario. But Trey Young continues to – for one, get better. His team continues to get better. Um, and he's been to a conference finals. He's won more than one playoff series. He's won a playoff series. You know, Luca can't say that. Yeah, but, I mean, it's you know, it's it's so hard to pick someone his size when compared to a guy the size of Luca. You know. Yeah, I agree, but. Size. Like I savvy what you're saying. Like Luca doesn't seem to take it as seriously as Trey has so far. He just hasn't. And like Luca's a champion back in Europe. But uh also the Mavericks uh, that like that roster sucks and the Hawks really yeah, like turned over everything to try to make sure that they could take advantage of Trey. Like they yeah. they got so much depth, you know, yeah. like on purpose and they Yeah, they do. Um. All right. You want to get to our our challenge team? Um. Yeah. I just had one more question about Phoenix. Do you think that they need to make a trade? No. Like I don't even really know what you would. Can want. they make a trade? Sure. Do they need to make a trade? No, I don't think so. Like, who would you even want, you know? Like, you're not... And I don't mean, like, Ben Simmons or Kyrie or something ridiculous. Uh, Like, I mean, like, you would be, I think, looking for a solid dude off the bench, but, like, you have those. They have. They have a lot of wing talent. They have, you know, JaVale McGee's been really good. They have the guard talent. So, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's, like, sort of boring. Like, both these teams are so well put together and are doing so well. It's it's pretty impressive. Okay, our team focus, which you chose, is the Sacramento Kings. Brandon, take it away with USA's team. The Kings. America's... Yeah, so I, I don't even exactly remember why I picked the Kings. I just think that I... I, I it stood out to me that we had not focused on them. I don't think they had been involved in any of our challenge games. So um right. thought, you know, this is a good time to, to check in on them. Um, and what I realized about the Kings is they actually Too had, like, <laughs> a fair amount of – well, I, I don't – let's not talk about them from, you know, real life. But it, from a fantasy standpoint, they actually have a fair amount of depth. Dude, um, yeah. and they all—they have a lot of guys that actually can contribute. Um, so, I mean, <clears throat> let's just off the off the top. Uh, they've got Fox, Davion Mitchell, Marvin Bagley, and Terrence Davis are all in the COVID protocol right now. 
Um, so if you're looking for someone for this week in a weekly league, you're not going to want any of those guys in your lineup. Um, but, <laughs> but as far as long-term, um, you know, as far as long-term meaning this season, um, Fox, Halliburton, Heald, those are all like really, really good players. And I think right now, um, Heald is going to probably play a little bit more with, with Fox out. Um, but I think that all three of those guys are really good. They bring a different skill set. Fox has been he's been crazy the last couple weeks. I think he's averaging like 25 points a game, um, yeah. shooting the ball really well. Um, handful of assists. Halliburton is more of like a traditional kind of combo guard. Um, he's but he's he's going to be more of a facilitator. He's still scoring in double figures, uh, but but you know like kind of like low to mid teens. And then Heald is like your sharpshooter, right? So I think you have those three kind of scoring guards there. Uh, the next the next group after that is Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes, who I think are both owned in the 80% range. Um, Barnes came out of the gates. We talked about him early. He came out of the gates, like really just playing really, really well, um, rebounding, scoring, efficient. Um, but then he, he was out, he was hurt for a while and he's just now coming back. He's, he's kind of like rounding back into basketball shape. It seems like he, he wasn't, he hasn't been great. Um, but I think he's going to be a solid guy. And I think he still has a shot to be like a top 50 guy on the year. Um, Holmes, he, we've seen that Holmes can do a little bit of everything. He's a really good guy in a roto league um, or, or in a, a category league because he gets, he gets steals, he gets blocks, he gets threes, scores, rebounds. Um, so I like Holmes a lot. He's out, but I think he's coming back soon. <clears throat> Um, and then I'd say, you know, there's uh, some other guys too, right? Like Terrence Davis has been a good scorer for them when called upon Metu and Tristan Thompson lately. Those guys have been scoring and rebounding. All three of those guys are owned in less than 2% of leagues. Davion Mitchell, the rookie, people seem to like him. You know, he's more of a defensive player. Uh, I don't know how great he'll be in fantasy. He might be more of like a real life player than a fantasy player. But he's going to get an opportunity nonetheless. Um, he's owned in five percent of leagues. And then Marvin Bagley, who you know, if you're patient with him, there's some signs of maybe something there. He's playing like 20 minutes a game right now, and uh, he's still owned in 40 percent of leagues. I'm I'm not really that bullish on Bagley for the rest of this year, uh, but you know, he's got the talent. Like we, we've discussed him, I think probably you know a month ago. And he does have some talent, and he was a really high draft pick. He has pedigree. So, you know, there's a lot of guys here. You know, we just I just rattled off, like, I don't know, eight or nine players. And uh, they're all, you know, at different points in the year, you, you might be able to find an opportunity to, to play them. De'Aaron Fox is – and, again, this was before today's games. Uh, De'Aaron Fox was number 50 on the player Raider for the year. Rashawn Holmes was number 63. Uh, Harrison Barnes was 84. Buddy Heald was 87. Tyrese Halliburton was 35. Mm-hmm. That's five dudes right there in the top 100. Um, Heald and Barnes are both 29 years old. I knew Barnes was that old. I didn't know Buddy Heald was that old. Yeah, uh, Heald came into the NBA. He, he was a little older, right? So... Yeah, that was kind of the, the knock on him coming out of college was he was like a four or five year player. Uh, he 
So he's 87 on the player Raider right now, or before today's game. Uh, and he's also the victim of a slump that is affecting everybody or most people in the league. He's having the worst three-point percentage of his career, 36% from three. He's a 40% three-point shooter for his career. Today, against the Spurs, Buddy went 10 for 18 from the floor, 7 of 9 from three. He had 29 points. Hallie went 12 for 19 from the floor. He ended up with 27 points, 4 rebounds, 11 assists. He went 3 for 5 from the field. Um, De'Aaron Fox can't shoot threes. He is shooting them at a 32% clip this year. Um, it's his fifth year in the league. He sort of looks like a young, you know, Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Like B plus Russell Westbrook kind of. Yeah. Uh, It's not just him. The Kings, I guess. Sure. But I feel like John wall shot better than this. Like the Kings are 24th in the league in three point percentage. They are second to last in catch and shoot three point percentage as a team. I like a bunch of the players and I think individually that they're totally useful and good, solid fantasy players. You know, I love Harrison Barnes. He to start the season was doing, you know, giving you more than he usually would. Um, Yeah. He missed six games. Just, just to know. So you said he was ranked. I think you said he was ranked around 80 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he missed six games. So, you know, I still think he has a shot to be a top 50. It's, it's, you know, it, it'll be tough, but um, I, I think Harrison Barnes is still a guy I'm really excited about for this season. Um, they've but got, they've got a bunch of guys. Who can no score. one can be excited about Harrison Barnes. <laughs> He's not excited <laughs> about himself. His family isn't excited to see him. He's just that boring, but also that solid. Like he is such a good fantasy guy. Um, and they seem they really. they seem to like go to him too late in games. Um, he's he's hit a game winner, I think, at this point. He's hit a, a few big shots, so it seems like they like him taking the shot. He's the only dude there with an cachet, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's a really young team. Like, there's young teams, but they usually have like one or two vets. And this team, I mean, not that they don't have vets, but they don't have anyone in their thirties. Like, right, and he's like a champion too. Like, yeah. you know, he's he's an actual vet who's been paid and has been on multiple teams, and people just seem to like him. Uh, yeah. And, like, Buddy Heald, you know, like, he's... <laughs> for a dude that has had as much drama around him, that is, ne- it doesn't really ever seem that he's really asked for it. It's just like, you know, I think I should have a bigger role, and that's what every player says and what every player thinks. And he's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Um, but because the owner was like, we have the new Steph Curry, he's always sort of been thought of like that. So he's still top 90 when he's shooting the worst from three he ever has in his career. Like, that's another guy yeah. that can top 75 by the end of the year real easy. Especially if they end up trading somebody and he gets a bigger role. Um but, like, when you put it all together in real life, this team sucks. Oh, yeah, the team is, is really bad. But but even, so. like, on the waiver in probably every league right now, if you need 
if you needed uh, some scoring, rebounding, you know, you could look at Tristan Thompson, who's uh, in the last few games, he's been around 10 points a game and around seven or eight rebounds. Um, Metu also been a guy who's kind of been in that same range. Um, surprisingly, Damian Jones tonight. Yeah. He had 23 points, eight rebounds, and two blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he I wouldn't expect him to do that too often. <laughs> the announcers were like, but, who's this guy? Yeah. Uh, and, and just a note here, uh, <clears throat> not for fantasy, but just uh, a, a favorite of Natty, Simbular is on the yes. Sacramento Kings roster. Mo yes. Harkless. I just I'd like to mention that yeah. Mo Harkless is actually getting minutes right now. Oh yeah, and just doing doing nothing, absolutely <laughs> nothing from a fantasy uh, standpoint with them. So um, he's kind of the one like black hole as far as production because he is playing. He's averaging like I don't know 24, 20, 23 or twenty four minutes in the last few games and just no production. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that there are like eight to nine guys that you can kind of look at on a streaming from a streaming standpoint. Dude. And Fox who is still young is a top 50 player and he can't shoot threes. Like imagine if his outside shot gets even just a little bit better. Yeah. You know, and he gets propelled into like possible top 25, like it depending. But I, man, Halliburton, so, so, I love Halley. I just love him so much. I like if I ran the Kings, I'd be trading Fox out of there so goddamn fucking fast. I mean, I'd trade everyone. I'd keep Halliburton, and basically everybody else is tradable to me. Like I don't care. Yeah, yeah, no. And I think even if you go Halliburton and, and healed for the short term, I, I like that more than, than sure. the Fox situation, but agreed. I, I would be looking to move Fox out of the three. The Bagley thing. Okay. So tonight. Yeah. I was going to ask you. So Bagley is still owned in 40% of leagues. Yeah. People whereas, uh, Metu is owned in 2% and they're actually kind of giving you the same production. So since they fired Luke Walton, Bagley has been playing more. Um, tonight, the Kings were actually on their third string coach because Alvin Gentry is also the inter Alvin Gentry, who's the interim coach, is also out for COVID. Um, it doesn't seem like Bagley is a dude that you can give a max contract to, like a max rookie extension to. But that's only because you Absolutely haven't played. No, he's that that ship has sailed for him. Even if he even if he played right now and averaged sixteen and, and eight for the rest of the season, I don't think that he would that they would even consider giving him that. So that's a guy that you chose in front of several <laughs> players who like have a strong, distinct possibility of going into the Hall of Fame someday. Um, can you? re-sign him at all if you're not going to give him the max like do you have to trade him i guess is what i'm saying he's kind of i kind of feel like this is the second the second iteration of the uh jaleel okafor story in philly 
where they drafted this guy really high and then they just gradually played him less and less minutes and then until they until they just basically embarrassed him. Yeah. And then talked about trading him, never trade him, and then just let him walk. And then there's the guy just kind of bounces around after that. I, I think that's where we're headed here. And I don't really understand why, because I think that Bagley coming out of college, he had a ton of talent. And um, but I think that it just kind of gives me that feeling. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope so. I mean, it just gives me that 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 feeling again. He's had the injury bugs since he got drafted, you know. Yeah. But it's also like this is so Kings, where it's like you have this player that you should take developing seriously, and you shouldn't. And if you remember, Luca basically said he wouldn't go to the Kings; he'd stay in Europe. And man, he looks (laughs) looks like he knew what he was doing. But it's funny because the Kings are not as bad as they were just even just a couple of years ago. Like we were just saying, Hallie is great. You know, Heald is a real player. He's just not as good as, you know, he was sort of expected to be. Um, you know, Fox is an actual NBA player who can get better and is still young. Rashawn Holmes is a good NBA player. Um, they, they're not anywhere near as bad as they were just a couple of seasons ago, but it's still not working. And I think some of that has to do with the coach or like the lack thereof. I mean, they're, cause let's be serious. They're probably going to have a new head coach next season unless they hire Alvin. Oh, yeah. I would so, think so, you know, it's like, how do you analyze this team really going forward? Like here are their next 10 games. They play the Warriors, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, OKC, Dallas twice, then the Heat, the Lakers, the Hawks, then Denver. If they go yeah. five and five, that's being optimistic. They could do much worse. I think OKC should be a win, but like being five and five is being optimistic for that 10 game stretch. That means they'd be 17 and 23 through 40 games of the season. That's not a playoff yeah. team. Yeah, it's not. It's not. So, like, this is a team that is either so obsessed with making the playoffs that they'll consider making the 10th seed as a play-in game, you know, participant. Like, that's the playoffs. That will break the curse that the Kings and the Minnesota Timberwolves are on for dearth of playoff appearances. But, like, if you have an opportunity to retool around your backcourt by getting rid of Heald, Holmes, like, basically anybody else, I think you should take it. Yeah. Like, all right. It's enough Kings talk. Um, yeah, I I agree. But I was also so. Oh wait, sorry. One more thing. Last thing. The Kings division is the Pacific division. I always forget this because divisions. Who really cares in the NBA? But their division is the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Suns, and the Kings. <laughs> yeah, they're not winning that division anytime soon. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 tough. But uh <laughs> that's kind of been the story of that franchise, right? So Yeah, it's been like 20 years or something. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh Let's see. How many ads do you have? A, a fair amount. I, 1 2 3 4 5 6 
seven, eight. All right. Well, you don't need to just count out loud. It's fine. Um, <laughs> like, wait, what was Sorry. he going to say after eight, though? Uh, Sorry. Eight I'll, let, I'll let you start. Um, I just want to, at the top of this, for volume's sake, um, there are four teams with only two games this holiday week. They are the Charlotte Hornets, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Portland Trailblazers. If you can avoid streaming those four teams, if you can do better than people on those four teams, I would suggest maybe trying to avoid them. All right, take it away. Give us one of your at least eight ads. Okay, so I'm not I'm not going to go into a ton of detail on all these guys. Um, and some some there's some team themes here, uh, but the theme of the season right now, and you know we continue to harp on this, is just you know managing the COVID protocol, right? And uh, yeah. with the COVID protocol comes opportunities for guys who you know probably you know are are guys who would contribute, but are are, are really having opportunities to step in and play like huge minutes. Um, like 30 minutes a game. So um, the first one I'd say is just like continue to watch Houston. We, we've talked about Houston, um, but just continue to watch Houston. Alfred Senjin is playing more minutes. He's a little bit more consistent. He's not giving you as many traditional big man stats as you might expect. Like his rebounds are not always there, but he is, he is passing the ball really well and giving you a handful of assists every, every few games. So, um, he had four assists in his last game. Um, over the last five games, he, he's he's had four games at least out of those five where he's had at least four assists. And um, he had a double-double a few nights ago. So he's a guy that I would continue to, to look at. Um, and then Garrison Matthews, um, more of a scoring threat here and a three-point shooter, but also a pretty decent rebounder. And um, we'll continue to kind of chip in a steal or two every now and then. So – Continue to look at those Houston Rockets because volume is, is always there in Houston. And, uh, you know, with, with guys being ruled out for, you know, injuries and, and COVID, there's opportunities for guys that are like a little bit lower down on the depth chart. Uh, speaking of Houston, Jay Sean Tate, still available, guys. He is number 94 on the player rater. He is available in more than 70% of leagues. He's averaging 12, 6, and 3 on the year with a steal per game. Um, I don't know what you don't like about him, fellow fantasy <laughs> Like it's, Yeah. It's a little insulting because yeah. I know I'm not wrong. He's good, and he's fun to watch. All of you are wrong. You should have him on your team. Um, and then, oh, and then, and then one other guy I'll mention, and then I'll, I'll swing it over to you. Um, kind of in that same light, uh, Kevin Love on Cleveland on the Cleveland Cavs right God. now. You've got Jared Allen and Evan Mobley both out for COVID oh. protocol. Um, they were both absolutely dominating uh, up until you know they they just up until this week being ruled out. Uh, so, you know, there's a huge void there right now in Cleveland and K love is, is getting the minutes. Um, the last few games, he's 14.6 rebounds, splashing three, three pointers. Um, so, you know, you know what you're going to get with Kevin. He's a really good shooter. 
He's a really good rebounder. Uh, so I think that in the near term, he's a guy that I'm picking up and, I, and I'm, I'm streaming. Like, I can't believe – like, the Cavs still only have, like, one real 15 per, 15% rostered, by the way. Yeah, totally. Like, every – I mean, their whole front court is gone. So now maybe, like, Lowry Markin yeah. will actually play at a position other than the three. Maybe he can play at the four sometimes if Kevin Love is going to be at the five. Um it's ridiculous that that team is still as good as they are with, with like the mm-hmm. continued absences. I mean, they lost one of their most important players, Colin Sexton, and they got better. I mean, that could be an indictment of Sexton, but it's also that like one of your important players got injured and you recovered just fine. Um, they're comfortably in fourth place in the East. I can't believe how good the combo of Mowgli and Allen has been. They're amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Mobley is looks like he he's going to be a really special player if he stays healthy. But uh, you know, fuck that team. Who cares? Um, Franz Wagner. And by the way, I didn't say this at the top. Uh, the dudes I'm going to mention because because everything is so up in the air with COVID for this week. I'm just going to mention guys. I think you should pick up no matter what. Like, stream them if you want, do whatever, but I think these are guys that should be on every roster all of the time. They're worth rostering. They should be better than some of the people that are on your team. Franz Wagner, rookie, 47% rostered, uh, 76 on the player rater for the season, averaging 14-4-3 with over a steal per game and over a three per game. He gets you volume. He gets you counting stats. And he's a rookie. So... yeah. Uh, that is a pure opportunity play. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Franz. I think we alternate weeks that we bring him up now at this point. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love him. I think that he's a top three, maybe, you know, at worst case, top four or five rookie um, in this class, which looks like a really good rookie class. Um, but Franz has been – arguably the most consistent when you factor in Evan Mobley's injuries. Um, He's, I mean, has he missed a game? I don't know. I imagine maybe he's missed one or two for rest, but. I don't think so, actually. Yeah, he's possibly played Because everybody else, the Magic have been so depleted already, and he's so tall, he can play at the four. He can also, like, guard twos. Um, And he has a real shot to get rookie of the year because of what you said, like Mobley, the more games he misses, the more likely it is that he won't get the rookie of the year. Cade started off slow. If he misses more games, who knows? I mean, Scotty Barnes looks incredible, but it's just going to end up being like who plays the most and looks the most solid. I think. Cause if you have a 20 game lead over somebody like, come on. Yeah, seriously. Is there um... any other, are we missing another rookie? Uh, well, you've got – I would say after that you've got Duarte and Giddy, um, but I don't think yeah. they're – yeah, but I <laughs> the, don't think either of them are – Saucy Aussie. Um, yeah, no fucking way. Okay. Um, what do you got? Uh, so a, a guy that I just want to mention, he's not a, anyone you're going to pick up in, in, unless you're in a really shallow league, but um, – 
just a guy that I just like to highlight who's who's starting to kind of put it together again uh, and another go blue guy. But uh, Karis LeVert has been really good as of late. Um, in the last two weeks, he's averaging 21 points, four and a half assists, two and a half rebounds, two threes, <coughs> almost two and a half stocks, uh, 50% from the field. So that's a guy that I that I'm looking to see, you know, if, if he's going to be a guy that kind of continues to kind of heat up and take on that lead scoring role, maybe next to Malcolm Brogdon with the Pacers there. Um, Karis, I don't know if I'm get me out of here. Trade me <laughs> with Karis. It's always been about health, right? Um, we know, we know his talent, um, but he's a guy that, you know, you might find a, an owner who's had him for, you know, especially in a dynasty league, if the guy's had him for a few years, might be a little bit frustrated with his injuries. He's a guy that I'm looking at as maybe a guy who could, could be a nice piece for the second half of the season. The Pacers have threatened to, you know, make some trades. Who knows what that ends up being? You know, it's the Pacers. They rarely do something like, completely amazing um yeah it's it's tough for me to see someone giving up a lot for karis Levert, uh but he's a useful player to have um yeah he is you know he's also just a cool dude a good guy and like you said go blue um, one of his injuries and absences was just cancer. So it's not like, you know, he had a knee problem or something. Um, so uh, he's a dude that has faced some real troughs in his career so far, but he also had a lot of really good development when he was on Brooklyn and was sort of the focus of the team. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I, kind of feel there's a part of me that's like the Pacers should try to keep him and trade away the other dudes. And then there, there's a part of me, which is like, eh, see what you can get. Yeah. Like that's another um, team. With so many fantasy guys, but it's like, it's just not working in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Brooklyn, the elephant in the room, we haven't really mentioned it, but uh, Kyrie Irving it's been announced that Kyrie Irving's coming back in some capacity for the team. It sounds like he's going to play road games potentially uh, shortly after that was announced. It was announced that he would be entering the, uh, the COVID protocol. So we don't exactly have, have any idea when he's coming back, but uh, we, it sounds like he will be making a debut in that's uniform at some point. Uh, it sounds like to me, it, it could be potentially in January at this point, but uh who knows, it, it, you know, but it does sound like he will be joining the team, at least in a practice capacity in the next couple of weeks. And he's owned in, in 80% of leagues. So, you know, it doesn't really, this situation doesn't really work if you're in a weekly format. Um, if you're in a daily format, I think, you know, he's a must add. Um, but, you know, what do you think? What are your thoughts here? Um, before he went into the protocols. I was like, Oh my God. Um, he could be playing against. So, uh, the Nets play at the Lakers on Christmas day. So my first thought was like, Oh my God, Kyrie could be playing against LeBron on Christmas day. Like that changes the whole game. 
you know, like what it means. Because like Durant versus LeBron is obviously cool and amazing, but like if Kyrie's there too, that's then it's different. And do you um, think that he probably? Do you think that there was any that that was discussed on Kyrie in Kyrie's camp or uh, with the Nets that like, hey, maybe it makes sense to get him out there for that Christmas Day game, like. The whole Maybe world Nike, will be watching. Nike makes a call too, like, "Hey, yeah. we're paying you, <laughs> dude." And like Eric Adams, you know, is like, "Hey, when I, when I'm in office, I'm taking down all these fucking restrictions. Like, you can play for Brooklyn. Don't worry about it." Um, but for the sheer drama and like TV show, if Kyrie came back for that game, it would have been amazing. But now it looks like maybe none of the big three for Brooklyn will play in that game. And so then you get to watch Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown, and, <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick Claxton, um, Brooklyn Joe is out. Uh, who else is? Oh, Patty Mills. Everybody loves yeah. Patty Mills. <laughs> it's it's bad in Brooklyn. It's like Steve Nash is looking around, being like, "What the fuck just happened? Like, what do you mean? I signed up to coach Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden, and now none of them are here." DeAndre Jordan yeah. is here. So, so do you do you but do you agree that Kyrie if you're in a weekly league, do you even are you interested in Kyrie at all? I can't tell you to stream him if he's not gonna play at least three games. So like we have no idea how many games he's gonna play this week, if any. We have no idea how many games he'll play next week, if any. But if the Nets are on, you know, a four-game road trip, you know, the week after that, and you get three of those in your week and, you know, one home game, then I think you have to yeah. roster him. Like, you just have to pay attention to the home aways because you can't right. play him and he's at home for four games. You lose that spot completely. Well, his first, his first, uh, the first game he would have been available, to, you know, the first road game would have been this Thursday coming up. But um, I believe he has to test negative five consecutive times. And I believe that's like five consecutive days, right? So um, it sounds like he's out for at least, uh, you know, up through Thursday, likely out for, you know, a week to two weeks. We'll see. But, uh, it sounds like he will he will make a debut. So owned in seventy nine percent of leagues right now, depending on your league format. Um, you know, if 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 Kyrie is available, you may want to consider picking him up there. Um, a couple a couple of ads that we've discussed before that I think are just you know we don't have to have to talk a ton about them, but I'll just throw a few names out there, and if you want to talk about maybe one or two of them, go ahead. Um, but Pat Connaughton continues to play really well. Um, just, you know, a sharpshooter, a three and D guy. Um, he was, when we first started discussing him, I believe he was owned in maybe 15% of leagues. Now he's on closer to 25. Um, you know, if you need that skill set, he, he's, he's, he's a really solid player. He's in a great opportunity. He's going to continue to, to kind of have that production. Um, Josh Hart. 28% owned um, another guy who's going to give you rebounding and has gotten sig- pretty significant minutes. And, you know, it sounds like Zion um, is going to be out for who knows he may end up missing the whole year. The so, 
yeah, so it's, it's it, I think that Hart is going to continue to play. Um, so he's another guy I'm looking at. And then my third guy there is uh, Luke Kennard, 7% owned. Um, and his last game went absolutely crazy, 27.7 rebounds. Uh, I think he had three rebounds, three assists in that game and hit seven threes. Uh, so he's another guy who's kind of like giving you a similar skill set to Connaughton from a fantasy perspective. Um, with a lot of, you know, three-pointers and some scoring and maybe a handful of rebounds. Um, but, you know, those are guys in that, you know, like I said, Connaughton at 24, Hart at 28, and Kennard at 7% owned that I think are available in leagues and um, are going to continue to kind of have opportunities. And on nights when the the key got the main guys on those teams um, don't play, then they could have they could have really productive nights. Who do you like out of that group? Um, the thing about like the Bucks have that the the three dudes of Connaughton, Grayson Allen, and eventually Dante DiVincenzo, yeah. and it's just it's wild to think that that team could somehow be deeper than they were last year. You know, like there's a chance the Bucks are like more dangerous than they were last year, even yeah. with Brook Lopez being out. I that's pretty impressive. Um, the Chicago Bulls are now back playing, even though like COVID's going around everywhere. Like Alex Caruso is back. We've talked about him before. He's basically yeah. a dude that might win you, um, a stat category all by himself, which is steals per game. Uh, you know, he's averaging eight, three and four, but it, and a three per game, but, um, two plus steals, two plus steals. If he can actually keep that yeah. up. That volume uh, will help you win enough to get into the playoffs if your team is constructed properly. The one team with four games this week, like I said earlier, is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Two guys, Lou Dort and Josh Giddy, are worth rostering. Uh, both are under 50%. Lou Dort is 25%. Giddy is averaging 10, 7, and 6, and that's for the season. He's been doing better than that more efficiently lately. And Lou Dort is 17, 4, and 2 with over two threes per game. He's been a top 100 player all season. And then the last guy... Over the last month, Dylan Brooks on Memphis, who was only 37% rostered, he's been a top 100 player over the past month. He's averaging 18, 4, and 3 with over a steal per game and over a three-pointer made per game. Those are guys we've mentioned before. They are still worth rostering for the long haul because they get you volume and they're under-rostered. You can... I think be pretty sure about Josh Giddy's role. Like they're not going to play him less. He's a rookie. Um, and he seems like a guy that, that they think is going to be a building block. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think he's, he, you know, as much as Oklahoma city has thinks anyone's going to be a building block, but, you know, relatively speaking, I think it's him and SGA. And then like everyone else is like kind of behind, behind that as far as the, the, pecking order dude and like the team has played better like you've seen improvement from individual players sga is uh you know he give him two more years and he'll be transcendent i think he's going to be an all nba talent um 
And then Memphis is comfortably in fourth place in the West, and uh, Dylan Brooks plays a very important part of that team. With Jaw out, the offense is way more democratic. They're spreading the ball around a lot. Um, and Dylan, Dylan's like such a tough defender. He's perfect for that team. Uh, oh, there are two more dudes I want to remind people of. I think we already said that Isaiah Thomas came back for the Lakers. Well, came back. Mm-hmm. He got signed to a 10-day contract by the Lakers. But everybody just remember, Victor Oladipo is still on the Miami Heat. He will be coming back eventually, we think. Uh, so just, you know, keep him on your watch list. Remember to check in from time to time because if he comes back and he's anywhere close to what he used to be, that could end up being one of the biggest in-season acquisitions by any team. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I like all those guys. I like all of them a lot. Um Caruso, yeah, like you said, is a guy who who can just win you a category. Yeah. Um, so you know, in a points league, he may not be depending on the points, the scoring system, he may not be as good. But in a category league, he's a guy I like a lot. Um, so yeah, no, I like all those guys. Um, Caruso is also a dude, though, that like if I had on my team, like I wouldn't let him stop me from trading for a better player. You know, if someone was like, oh, of course not. We can do a trade, but I need Caruso too. I'd be like, oh, but in my mind, I'd be like, yup, get the fuck out of here, Caruso. Leave. This is what you were here for, to get better than you. Fuck you. Um, yeah, so, uh, all right. Well, I've got, I've got two other guys. One is a, um, just a, a, a guy who I'm playing right now because he's getting an opportunity. And then one is a a dynasty guy that, you know, we've talked about before a little bit, but um, the first one is Gabe Vincent, who is playing on uh, playing significant minutes, getting 30 minutes a game and 30 minutes plus in the last five games for the Miami heat um, at the point guard position with Jimmy buckets, with, with uh, Tyler Hero out and um, with uh, Martin also out, he's playing a ton of minutes and um, he's been pretty good. He's he's putting up 16 points per game, five assists, three rebounds, and um, almost two threes um, over that period. And he's been, you know, a guy that they're kind of leaning on. Um, I did a little research on him and – you know, come to find out he was like the star of the Nigerian national team and ended up like, I think winning a a bronze medal for Nigeria. And like, this guy is like, um, you know, kind of like leading the charge as far as um, the the Nigerian program there. Um, But yeah, he's, he's playing 30 minutes a game and he's taken full advantage Um, in the last five games. Like I said, he's, he's averaging 16 points and that includes um, a couple of games where he had he scored uh, 26 points and then 27 points the next night or two nights later um, against Philly and at at Philly and at Orlando. He came back down to earth a little bit today uh, against your Pistons with eight points, but he still had five assists and three three rebounds. So um, he's a guy I'm playing until I see those those big names come back. Um, neither of them 
there's really no definitive timeline for either of them right now. So, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to play him for a while. And then the, uh, the second guy is a di- more of a dynasty ad, but he's heating up and that's uh Denny Avija. Yeah. He's uh, in the last three games, he's averaging 11 points, five rebounds, hitting two threes a game, um, getting, you know, more than 0.7 steals and 0.7 blocks. Um, and it looks like he's starting to kind of figure out his role here in Washington. Um, he's a guy that they were really high on coming out of that draft. And he's kind of gotten like, you know, he didn't have like a great rookie season. So um, there's been a little less buzz on him this year. But I think that, you know, he's he's still only in his second season. And uh, he's a guy with a lot of upside and um, he spaces the floor, but he can also like, play some defense and um and rebound the ball so that's a guy that i'm looking at in really deep leagues and in dynasty leagues i don't know where the fuck the heat get these dudes like they just like max Struess, gabe vince like they they just like have these guys that are like ready to come in and score 20 points when you've never even them before um it's yeah, it's 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 amazing how profesh that team is run. It really is. And any given player on any given night can win you your day. Um so speaking of speaking of Gabe Vincent, he was uh I believe I read that he was originally undrafted, signed by the Sacramento Kings. He's from California, went to the oh. University of California, Santa Barbara. And then was signed by the Kings, waived, and then the Heat signed him and developed him for like a year. They, the Heat signed this guy before the pandemic. So yeah. they've been developing this guy. And the Heat are in, uh, they have the number five spot in the East right now. They're a few games up on the Wizards who are in the sixth spot. Yeah, like they're, I mean, they're doing just fine. Like without Bam, yeah. without Jimmy Butler. Thank God for Kyle Lowry. Um, and you know what, man? Duncan Robinson has been pretty shitty the entire season. So yeah, he has. It should be minutes and shots opening up for, you know, these Gabe Vincents who they mm-hmm. just pulled out of their asses or out of Sacramento. Sorry, the NBA's asshole. Um, yeah. But yeah, isn't that amazing that the Heat, the Heat signed yeah. this guy two years ago. So they've been developing this guy. This mm-hmm. isn't like some guy they just like, you know, signed out of the G League a week ago. Like, this is a guy who's been in their system that they've been like, no, we like this kid. And now they're giving him an opportunity and he's he's having, you know, 25-point games. Right. Like, P.J. Tucker got there when they signed him and they were like, listen, you're important, but not as important as this motherfucker. Gabe <laughs> is our guy. Don't fuck with him. He's important to the future of this franchise. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> also he's living his best life good for him jesus from getting fired by sacramento to being picked up by the heat i'll take that no problem exactly thank yeah. you very much um yeah i don't know like they're the heat are so hard to judge as a real contender without jimmy or bam playing like you just sort of assume like okay it'll be the heat but you know, they're even without those guys, they're a competent team where 
Kyle Lowry can make scrubs, you know, he'll just like end up with like 10 assists. And you're like, I don't know who the fuck these players are. And Duncan Robinson hit one for eight, you know, like, how'd you get these assists? Yeah. Oh, Dwayne Dedman is getting opportunity on that team. Yeah. He's been playing. He's been playing. I'm not going to say he's been great, but he's been pretty good. I don't think he's averaging a double double since he is starting, but it's like nine and nine, you know, but he's also, I think he's gotten some assists too. And yeah. um, Some defensive stats. So yeah, he's been good. He's been, he's been pretty good. He's a stopgap. Like you'd rather have something better. Um, Yeah. But I mean, and he's available right now. He's available in, you know, he's, he's, he's rostering less than seven, in 7% of leagues. So he's available in 93% of leagues. Um, In the last seven days, he's averaging 11 points, eight rebounds, two assists, a steal. 27 minutes a game. You'd like to see 10 rebounds from a dude who's like, hey, look, all these minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your job is to get rebounds. Go get them. Yeah. But whatever. Not going to nitpick. It's fine. Get your boards where you can. Uh, all right, man. Anything, any last thoughts? You are losing your week in our fantasy league this week. I am barely winning mine. I'm getting absolutely destroyed, but my team is starting to get healthy. So um, I feel like this week is not a big deal because we were without absolutely everybody, but, you know, we're starting to get healthy. And I think uh, you'll see something that resembles more what our real team's going to look like next week. Well, I'm just glad I got to play you when you were walking wounded and we both had a bunch of absences. All right, everybody have a Merry Christmas. Enjoy the week. Be safe. And hopefully enjoy the basketball that will not be postponed this week. We'll see you next time. Knock on wood. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Later.